Welcome to the First Time Facilitator Podcast. Whether you're a first-time facilitator or a seasoned pro, listen in for tips and tricks to make a bigger impact at the next workshop you deliver. And now, your host. Her favorite fairy tale is The Elf and the Shoemaker, Leanne Hughes. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Leanne Hughes, and I'm here to help you create unpredictable workshop experiences that predictably work. Thank you for tuning in. You're awesome. I hope you're hanging in there, staying connected, and also finding the time to get some space. As always, I'm super excited about today's guest. I know I sound like a broken record when I say that, but every week I'm excited about my guest. There's actually um, an Australian comedian, Dave Hughes, and he used to start every set with those words, I'm excited in yeah, a really drawn out Australian accent. But yeah, I am truly excited um, for today's guest. She's a guest who I've got to know really well this year and she has been doing some incredible things. Her name is Sally Prosser and she's from Sally Prosser Voice. First of all, yep, as you guessed from her business name, she is a voice coach and I've also been part of her six-week voice makeover on Facebook, which has been really fun. I believe she's also running it again, so hop onto her website, sallyprosser.com.au. If you listen to this interview, you resonate with her and you want to get started improving your voice. Secondly, she has been crushing it on TikTok. If you're not sure what that is, I'll let Sally explain as part of this interview. I heard about TikTok first from listening to Gary V mid last year, Gary Vaynerchuk. Sally opened her account about six or seven weeks ago and she now has over 60,000 followers on TikTok. She is TikTok famous. Uh, So, of course, I had to ask her about that in the interview. She told me that she's generating more business leads on TikTok than any other platform put together. She does it by posting educational, entertaining and trending videos on there. She's funny. She's brilliant. You've got to check out her TikTok account. Thirdly, she's super creative and I don't know if she picks that up in herself. She runs really fun events. One is called Voice and Vigno, where she pairs up two of her favorite things. But I do think you see her creativity shine on TikTok, and that is why she has been successful. I was really motivated um, after hearing her TikTok success that I've thrown down another weekly challenge on this podcast. What I encourage you to do is to join TikTok and post a video. Just post one. You can follow Sally when you're on there at Sally Prosser Voice. And I'm also on TikTok at Leanne underscore Hughes. In this episode, we talk about her career, which is voice coaching, how she delivers workshops and describes her energy. I love her metaphor for energy. I ask her if it's also possible to change our voice because uh, how many people say that? I hate my voice. It's definitely one of the things I had to overcome when I had to listen back to podcast episodes and, and still some days I kind of shut up. It's like, do I really sound like that? Sally Prosser is a former TV journalist on all the major Australian broadcasting channels before she crossed over to public relations and then worked as a spokesperson for one of Australia's largest water companies. Prior to her broadcast career, she ran a successful speech and drama studio, and she also has university degrees in journalism and law, and of course, has her own podcast, which is called That Voice. Links for Sally details and show notes for this one are over at firsttimefacilitator.com forward slash episode 116. Before we launch into the interview, a couple of things. I'm gradually changing my hosting platform for my first-time facilitator website. Now, you don't need to know that, but the only reason I'm explaining it is because you might have noticed some odd things in your podcast feed while I'm doing the transition. So I just wanted to explain why that's going on. 
Uh, I'm releasing bonus episodes. I've recorded a couple this week. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast player of choice as that's how you'll get notified that those are out. I've also created a really fun document. It's called The Five Unpredictable Ways to Start a Zoom Meeting That Predictably Work. Uh, Just quietly though, there's actually 10 ideas in there instead of five. So five are mine, five are bonus ideas from my friend tours. You can find that PDF over at leannehughes.com. It's on the front page. And of course, you can continue the conversation when this podcast is over by joining the Flipchart community over on Facebook. A link to that is also in the show notes. And while you're there, you can sign up to my fortnightly-ish email blast called the Three Minute Flipchart. I got a new naming idea for that newsletter thanks to Neha, who was on my Facebook Live the other day. Okay, enough from me. Let's hear from Sally. Now, on to the show. I'm delighted to welcome to the first time facilitated podcast, Sally Prosser. Sally, thank you so much for joining us on the show. Leanne, thanks so much for having me. Sally, you've got such an amazing voice and presence. And if you're listening to this on uh, your podcast player, I suggest you tune into either the YouTube interview or alternatively follow Sally on TikTok. We'll talk more about TikTok later on. But Sally, for our listeners, can you let them know a bit about you, your career pivots, what you're doing now? Yeah, absolutely. So I guess my history, can, my career history can be broken into three main areas. And I started out when I was younger as a speech and drama teacher. So I was working in the garage of my parents' home. And anyone who's grown up doing a Steadfords and exams would relate to what that is. So I did a lot of that. And then I, uh, at uni, I did journalism and law, actually. And I always thought I was going to be a lawyer, but I was also quite obsessed with Legally Blonde at the time. And... <laughs> It was very different to how it was in the movies. And while I was studying journalism and and law, I worked at the local radio station. And then that led me into radio reporting and then TV reporting. And I was there for a few years. So I was working for Channel 7 in Rockhampton and then down in Brisbane freelancing for a few networks. And then I crossed the dark side. So anyone from journalism that goes to public relations, I crossed the dark side and I worked in the PR team at Queensland Urban Utilities. So yes, I was the glamour girl for the city's sewerage company. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what they say, if you can sell that, then you can sell anything, right? (laughs) And you know, in in times like these, it really shows how much of an essential service water and sewerage is. Absolutely. And we were very, it's becoming very clear what is essential. And I think um, there's been so many funny memes on that, the type of like, who is the essential worker? And, and they finally get their moment like in the spotlight. That's right. And then it was about a year and a half ago or so where I decided to go full time in the business. I was doing voice coaching for journalists on the side uh, and, you know, a bit of MC work here and there. And I, I don't really know if there was a one particular point, but I do remember emceeing the National Water Conference in Brisbane and the CEO of Urban Utilities at the time said, Sal, you should do that full time. And for a moment I thought, is that because I'm not good at the current job (laughs) or is that because (laughs) I should do that? And I did. I took the leap and went out and and now I do a big mix of, of presentation coaching, voice coaching and media training. I find it amazing that that person saying that one line to you, just noticing and then taking the time out to tell you that has really pivoted your career. I think so. It was a combination of a lot of different little voices. Yes. Okay. And uh, 
also I kept thinking to myself, you know, when I was at uni and I had no money and I survived on two minute noodles and goon, I was very happy. So I thought, you know, what's the worst that can happen here? Yeah, a lot of people, like when I left my corporate job, they're like, oh, you're so brave. But it, you actually, and I went backpacking around Europe. I did make a sort of thing when I was in Paris and I was eating Pringles. I said to myself, I'm never doing this again. <laughs> but I definitely know what it's like to leave, to, to live a lean life. And I don't think it, and I think what we're noticing as well from this experience, what we're going through is you don't really need a lot. That's right. And I had a lot of faith in my knowledge. It wasn't like I said, okay, I'm going to move to the beach and start a cafe with with no experience in anything. I've been living and breathing voice and speech since I was a little girl. And that was the other thing that made me do it. I just had all this knowledge that I thought was assumed when it was really new information. So that's, that's something that's stayed with me, even though the good people of TikTok keep telling me that I don't know what I'm talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Can we quickly talk about TikTok? Because you're the first TikTok sensation you are a sensation that I've had on this show. Maybe explain to some of our listeners that may not know, what is TikTok? So TikTok is an app, just like any other social media app, and it's lots of short-form video. So it's almost like you're scrolling through Instagram stories, but you're doing it vertically, and they're all maximum 15, to, 15 seconds to one minute. Would you, is that how you would describe it? I think so, yeah. Um, and I think the style is very different, very creative. Yeah, the style's different. So there's lots of um, music trends and it's supposed to be light and bright and entertaining, although there is some serious content on there that does well as well. And I guess the difference is as well is the ability to grow quickly. So today's Thursday. Five weeks ago today, I had 45 followers and still didn't really know what I was doing. And today I have 31,500. <laughs> And I think the difference is is on TikTok, you have the people that you're following, but you also have this thing called the For You page. And the For You page just gives you all this stuff the algorithm thinks you might like. And I think because of that, you're constantly getting in front of the new audience. And you're not there just doing sort of fun stuff. You're actually marketing your business and you've actually, you've had sales for your program as a result of TikTok. So for anyone listening, thinking, oh, TikTok, uh, I guess the people assume it is for young young people and you can't make, you know, we're in the professional business of facilitation and corporate training, but you're actually showing us that there is a way to do that. Yeah, I'm at the stage now where I get more inquiries through TikTok than all of my other platforms put together, including my email inquiries. And all people come to my website and say, I found you on TikTok. And these are, you know, business people from the States. These are, you know, and it's people who are funny who say, oh, I'm sorry, you know, I'm on TikTok or my husband's on TikTok or my kid's on TikTok. (laughs) And I just, um, I don't know, I feel quite happy with it because I do really enjoy it. And I've been late to the party with every other social media craze. So it kind of feels good to (laughs) (laughs) be on something at the right time. Absolutely. And I think that's also a note for everyone, for myself, for people listening in, if you want sort of a new way, something new to trial while we are isolating, maybe this is a good thing to try. What are some things that have really sort of made you go viral? What types of of topics are you posting about? Yeah. So I really started going viral when I was giving short, sharp tips. So actual things people could do. So the first video that went viral I said, you know, don't do these three things if you want to sound competent, confident and credible. And the first one I talked about was vocal fry, which is that crackly sound. 
which a lot of facilitators would tend to get potentially after a long week. If you're not looking after your voice and you're not breathing correctly, it can get into that scratch or just the sound of me on Sunday mornings or at the moment, any given morning, you know, everything's <laughs> blending into one. Um, and then the second thing I said is, and, uh, um, are sort of like using lots of filler words and the last thing was going up at the end of every sentence mm. and I found then that what I try to do is something really just fun and on trend and then an actual how-to or an actual piece of information how can how you can be more confident how you can speak clearer how you can breathe better and I this is a big generalisation, but I feel like the younger generation is given a bit of a hard time sometimes and we think that they're all just fun and games and pranks. But, yes, TikTok demographic is 16 to 24. It is a very, very young demographic, but they are also very open to learning if it's delivered to them in the right way. I even go live on TikTok. I went live last week and I'm going live again today. And I had all these young kids on there saying, Sally, you've taught me so much. You helped me with my school speech. You've given me the confidence to try out for my debating team. <laughs> and it's so endearing. Unbelievable. Unbelievable <laughs> that you're having that impact at a time like this when um, a lot of us are sort of uh, really scrambling about how we move things online and, and looking at serving our current clients better. You're actually using this. This is an amazing opportunity for you and sort of pulling a global audience. It's super impressive and such a great story, um, so hopefully inspiring as well for people that are listening in. Can we please talk about Vocal Fry for a moment? Uh, I think I said to you a couple of weeks ago, I was having Zoom teague. I was just on bouncing around Zoom call to Zoom call and I felt extremely groggy at the end of it. My voice wasn't strong. What are some things that we can do to protect our voice when we are facilitating for days on end? Yes, Leanne, I love the word Zoom Teague. I stole it from my podcast last week, actually. I'm not sure if you heard. <laughs> uh, so I think the main thing, number one, water, 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 water. You sh everyone should be drinking constantly. It helps keep you hydrated. It also makes you need to go to the toilet a lot, which is good for getting up and moving around. <laughs> so it's got like a double, double impact. As soon as your voice is starting to get like you need a drink of water, you're, you're already too hydrated. So it's just drinking a lot. The second thing I'd say is still making sure you breathe low and deep. The analogy I use, which is a little bit gross, is breathe into your bottom. So when you're sitting at the chair all day, breathing really deep down into your bottom, because that's going to be the power that will fuel your voice. You'll be speaking from the diaphragm rather than the throat. And the third thing I'd say with all of these Zoom meetings is making sure you're taking the time to pause and to listen. I feel that we're quite afraid of silence with technology because we just feel like the technology's failed, <laughs> like the microphone's not working or the computer's frozen. And that reminds me, I saw a meme the other day where a kid from school put up a photo of himself as the Zoom wallpaper. <laughs> 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 and then wasn't actually there. Uh, so I, I, I don't know how you feel about this, Leanne, but I'm feeling with online, you almost feel the pressure just to keep talking. Julian Treasure, he does a speech, how to speak so people want to listen. And he really talks about silence as well and being comfortable in that. But it seems like we still want to feel it. It's a negotiation tactic, silence. And there I go. I'm actually ending my sentence up. Not so, really. No, your up speak is not bad. Believe okay. me. <laughs> The other video I loved that you did on TikTok was saying that you, we can actually change our voices and you did different examples of your newsreader voice. Um, 
how do we change our voice? If we hear ourselves and we're not comfortable with the way that we sound, we want to sound more professional. What can we do? Yeah, there's heaps of things you can do. And I guess that's the core of my business. I compare it to a wardrobe. And the reason I do that is people say, Sal, you know, this is just the way I talk. This is my natural voice. Why do you make people sound that way? You know, there's nothing wrong with their, their voice. And I say, absolutely. But let's think of this like a wardrobe. If you only had one outfit to choose from and you had to wear that outfit everywhere that you went, say it was a gym, gym gear. And it's pretty funny talking about this now because that's what we're all living in, <laughs> being at home. <laughs> But let's, let's cast our minds back to the real world. And if you went to the gym, you'd be great. You went for a walk, you'd be great. But if you went to business meetings and a lots of, you know, a ball, then maybe you wouldn't be putting your best impression forward in that outfit. But if you have different outfits for different contexts, you are still 100% you. You're just bringing your best self to that occasion. So when I work with people, it's about creating range in their voice. I say you want to be able to take your voice from the bolo to the boardroom. Oh, I love that. <laughs> and the more range you can have, then you, you can turn it on and be a bit more professional and sharpen your speech when you're in a professional meeting and then relax it with your friends. And so it's about control, not about changing it. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And it's what we do as facilitators is, is hopefully adjusting our style to meet the audience requirements, whatever the outcome of the workshop is. So we're constantly having to just build that self-awareness and, and what is right at the time. Absolutely. So how are you going with everything that's going on and pivoting what you do? Because voice is very much, we need to talk about body language being an essential component of building good voice and, and range. How are you bringing that experience to online and virtual? Yeah, well, one of the things I should be doing as well is I say that in the Zoom meetings, make sure your hands are in view because hands are a big part of, of persuasion and trust as well and also using facial expression. So you don't want to be fishbowling the whole time. If people are watching the video, they'll see I'm leaning right into the lens. <laughs> but you want to be making it, you know, varied. As far as workshops go, I am probably like a lot of other people out there and I'm trying to work out what to do because I would traditionally run half-day workshops or full-day workshops and I'm getting people up making weird noises, touching their, their bodies, breathing and doing also work in pairs and work in groups and so I don't know quite how that's going to work virtually. I think it definitely can work, but it's going to look different. Mm. And I, you know, I don't love it. But like people say to me, Sal, I much prefer in person. Like, so do we all. I say, unless you've got bad body odour, everybody is better in person. Absolutely. <laughs> so yeah. I suppose you've just got to deal with it. I know. And we'd had a quick conversation about this beforehand, but I'm also like, I definitely miss just that face-to-face -face environment, like the dynamic. And I don't mind I don't mind moving the workshop content over to a virtual setting. Um, but what I'm realizing is it's not just moving slides over. It's actually rethinking about the whole process. That requires a bit of creative energy. And then even timings, we talked about, you know, a whole day. There's no way I want to facilitate something like that all day on Zoom. Because I know even after a few hours of Zooming, it, it's exhausting. So there's a lot of effort that goes into that. And I'm really looking forward to the day that we can all be back in one room together. Absolutely. Like one of my go-to icebreakers 
is I put my iPhone on the record setting and I walk around to each person and into the, into the recorder, they say, hi, I'm, it can be their name or it can be Batman or Superman or whatever. <laughs> so, hi, I'm Superman and this is my voice. It sounds a little bit like an AA meeting, but we go around <laughs> and we, everybody does that. And then I play it back and it can be quite a confronting way to start, but it's that awareness that we want to start with, with voice. And so I'm thinking, how on earth would I replicate that virtually? Yeah. I mean, I guess you just could do, I'll just record it and maybe play it back at the end or send them. I don't know. I don't know. And that's the thing is like only the one thing that I find hard in groups as well. We had a virtual happy hour, which was so much fun. And you're having your voice in Vino, which is moving virtual, but just waiting for one person and who is a person that talks next. It requires a lot of um, focus from the whole group just to pick up on who will actually speak next. Yeah. So it's going to, it's, it has to be very, very clear in, in order and that kind of thing. Um, the other thing I'm doing with voice and Vino is that was an event that had already sold out actually and that it's in May and it was in Brisbane and so I gave people the option of do you want to go virtual with me or would you like a refund I'm sure lots of other facilitators and event managers are in are in that boat but something that I'm doing is I'm sending everybody out in advance a bottle of wine and a wine glass and a little kind of care package and so uh, and so I'm trying to sort of give the physical touch that I can give but I, I mean People in Brisbane and in Australia, that should be fine. But people joining from other parts of the world, I don't even know if the post can get there. <laughs> but but I'm, I'm sort of try, trying to think of a way that people can still feel like they're getting value and a, and a part of something. Yeah. We'll see how it goes. I'll report back. Do you report back? I mean, maybe I'm just thinking already, like maybe local bottle shops in those regions might be able to to help. That is such a wonderful idea on actually bringing the tangible. I Just even today, I got a, a handwritten note from... Um, one of my favorite authors, Michael Bongay-Stania was on the show. And I'm like, wow, it's really nice that just something about getting something tangible, particularly in a moment like now is it's even more important. It makes such, such an impact. Sally, that's a really cool idea that you had that event that you do. Can you quickly share with our listeners, what kind of other things have you done to build your business? How long have you been sort of running your own show? Uh, so, uh, coming up to August this year will be two years. So I guess we're around about, I keep saying year and a half, but it might be a bit over that now. And there's a lot of different arms to it. And with all of this happening, I wouldn't call it good future planning. It's been a bit of luck, really. And I was thinking, what, what if the opposite of coronavirus happened and the internet totally went down and we could only do face-to-face? How would my business be then? You know, because everyone, I feel like there's some online businesses who are like, oh, yes, we're fine, we're all online, but just as easily as what's happened, the whole internet could crash. <laughs> so I've been looking at all the different <laughs> parts of my business and I have a lot of them. I've got my podcast, which is That Voice Podcast, and I also have uh, online courses, a mix of live delivered ones over a, I don't have all the lingo, but you know, <laughs> the ones that are delivered at live. And then I also have the evergreen ones. And then I do one-on-one coaching and uh, team workshops, as well as speaking once upon a time. And what kind of speeches, what do you find is a difference between you preparing for a speech versus preparing for a live workshop? We'll go back to like a live face-to-face, real people in a room. What do you, what do, you do a bit differently? 
Yeah, so when I'm preparing a speech, I'm imagining the person sitting there and they're listening and they're thinking and it's it's never one-way communication. It's always two-way. But I structure in my content and my pauses for them thinking, but then I keep going. And, you know, there is a little bit of interaction in my present speeches, but depending on the nature of it, that's not always the case. Whereas with workshops, I'm constantly thinking, okay, what am I getting this person to do? Are they writing? Are they speaking? Are they getting up and moving? (laughs) It's almost, I almost think about what would it be like if I had a bunch of six-year-olds and I don't want that to sound bad in any way, but if you've got six-year-olds, short attention span, you've got to keep moving. Anyone who, I've got a couple of young nieces. Oh my goodness, you've gone, well, in back in the normal world, you've gone <laughs> to the park, painted a picture, redone the whole room, gone through three fairy outfits, and it's 8.30 in the morning. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, with workshops, it's about keeping it upbeat and also really uh, gauging the energy of the room. So there was a workshop I did in Adelaide and it was helping workers give better toolbox talks, you know, when they get their team oh, yes, together yes. in the morning and they have to get everyone hyped up. Yeah. So it was a 6 a.m. start for us, 6 a.m. start off the back of a night shift. Oh. <laughs> and so uh, it was very, very hard for this organisation to be able to time it. But I thought, oh, my goodness, a four-hour workshop off the back of night shift, this is not good. And so I totally I changed a few things and I had them out of there in three hours, which... I think they really appreciated because they weren't going to get that, like they were already fading when we began. So that is a really tough crowd. I've done the pre-start stuff, but it's always been at the beginning of the day, which has been a godsend, let alone night shift. I've talked to my husband. Actually, no, I don't even talk to my husband after a night shift. He's that tired. And, you know, I also, I always bring lollies and things. But actually, I've got a little story about that, if I can be really honest about it. I think it's uh, something I had, I workshop a couple of weeks ago. I just bought the Allen's assorted lollies. Do you know the ones that's yeah. like Milko's and Sherby's and there were Redskins and yeah, I just put them out on the tables. And there was uh, somebody with Native American heritage who told me she was highly offended that I had Redskins on the table. And I just said to her, thank you so much for letting me know. It's absolutely no difference to me not to have them there. Um, but I just thought as a, from a facilitator's point of view, something that you would not even, I would, would not have even crossed my mind for that to have, a, have an impact. Um, and anyway, I was just, of course, no problems. Let's get them off the tables, get rid of them. That, that's all fine. And yeah. she was shaking and she said, oh, my gosh, thank you. Thank you so much. I didn't know how I was going to tell you. Oh. And um, not everybody responds like you. And I thought, wow, interesting. Yeah, yeah. That is, thank you for for sharing that. And it it is true. It's we can think, can do everything we can to prepare as best we can. But there's often moments where our awareness on a certain topic is not open. Yeah, but that was, I I guess, I'm sure a lot of facilitators have this story. You know, you try to think of everything, but there's always something that pops up. Yeah, it could be a word or even a phrase, and yeah, you just you can't be you can't be too careful, and it's all about sort of pivoting in those moments and and figuring out how you'll respond. So thank you for sharing that story. Yeah, and also as well as something that I'm working on. This is for my presentations, and this is all my content really. I speak with so many metaphors which are Australian, and I the more that I'm going moving into the states and to you know different cultures, and they're looking at me with a blank face. <laughs> I'm starting to realise that phrases I thought everybody knew are actually Australianisms. Yeah, even the phrase stuff up. 
Um, I use that in Hong Kong. And there were actually a lot of people from the UK in the audience, a lot of expats, and they didn't know what stuff up meant. And I was like, interesting. Yeah, isn't yeah. It? I know, I know, I know. We really do speak in our own language. So Leanne, one of the things I love about what you do is you're always talking about unpredictability. And I find that that's exactly the same philosophy to apply to voice. You don't want to have a loud voice or a soft voice, a high voice or a low voice, a fast voice or a slow voice. Like you don't want to be categorized. The way to keep vocal engagement in the same way as workshops is to keep being unpredictable. Be as high as you are low, be as fast as you are slow. And by continually changing the voice, that's what's keeping people going, oh, what is she going to say next? Yeah. And I've certainly, I remember my economics teacher in high school just spoke on that one monotone and I wanted to pay attention. Like he was actually, if you got past the voice, what he was saying was really interesting, but it was just really hard to push. And often when I uh, re-listen to some podcast episodes, I I realize, yeah, Leanne, not enough contrast. Yeah. And it's interesting because I often hear that phrase, get past the voice. Your voice shouldn't be something people have to get past. It shouldn't be a barrier. It should be the opposite. It should be a connector. And so the more that we can engage with the voice, the better. And if, you're, if you are monotone, it's not our fault. Our brains are conditioned to fall asleep. This is why if you've got children, read them a monotone at night with their storybook. That's how they'll fall asleep. This is why meditation CDs have that voice because our brain does slow down. <laughs> want to go to sleep that's an awesome tip um you should probably share that with people that are do have kids at home 24 7 now and they need like just a quick way to make sure oh my gosh yes leanne i'm gonna make i'll make a tiktok (laughs) (laughs) i love this so just back to tiktok as well for our facilitators what sally said was that a lot of her uh, videos that have gone viral have just been short sharp videos how-to videos so facilitators are listening in What have been some tips that you've been throwing around in your workshop? Why don't you repurpose that for TikTok? Let's throw out a challenge right now. I'll do it. Um, Let's go in the next week. We'll see who's on TikTok throwing out their facilitation or leadership or team challenges and and how-tos on there. I think that's a good thing to start. Yeah, love it. So Sally, if you had advice to give yourself when you started facilitating these workshops, what do you think you'd tell yourself? I think... Well, I don't know if I, these are the things I tell myself. These are the things I, I still feel like I'm fairly new at it and I still tell myself these things. I talk about Wi-Fi and this is one of the things I do in my workshops as well. And Wi-Fi is a metaphor for our own energy. And I often say to people at the start of a workshop, how are we? Are we one dot? Are we two bars? Are we full bars? How, how are we feeling? <laughs> as a way to gauge energy. And I say, well, with every situation we go into, our Wi-Fi is on display and people are going to tap into the stronger Wi-Fi, whether that's positive or whether that's negative. Mm. This is why I say some people are like the walking dementors out of Harry Potter where they're just I say the same thing too. Yes. Oh, yes. I've done that for years. Like, because you physically, they just suck the energy out, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so I talk about energy, but I try to bring that energy or that zest. I always think I'm going to walk in here like this is the best day of my life. And again, gauging though, walking in like it's the best day of your life when it's 6am off the back of a night shift. Yeah. They're like, who is this person? Who is this woman? And especially in Australia, I find audiences are quite sceptical. They're like, all right, all right, what do you got? Yeah. Show us what you got. And you have to build that trust from there. So I think I always try to go in feeling zesty, having strong Wi-Fi and, and feeling passionate about being there, which isn't always too difficult because I love what I do. 
Uh, and then the second thing is, is learning to tailor for the group. Mm. And my big learnings have been out of not asking enough of the right questions in advance and therefore not preparing. Uh, so one example is I had a workshop and I didn't specifically ask about the cultural background of the group and found myself in a situation where there was probably only two people out of about 20 who had English as a first language. And that, and that with the sort of communication voice training I do, that very much changes the content. Because when I, especially when I talk in metaphors so much, it's, it's hard to, even for native speakers to understand what I'm talking about sometimes. So I definitely tailor it. And then the, the third thing I think is sort of what I mentioned before is, am I changing it up? What are the dynamics? Am I standing, walking, sitting? Are they standing, walking, sitting, talking, moving? Because I can get into a bit of a lecture mode where I just start talking about all these things I love and then they're just sitting in the chairs for too long. So I think it's important to almost choreograph it in your mind and say, if there was a camera in the corner and it was on time-lapse, what would we see? And if the time lapse showed everyone just sitting there the whole time, that's a bad workshop. You want to be able to make it like little ants, I think. Uh, thank you. And I, yeah, that's my philosophy as well as contrast. But you've, you've actually put it beautifully in terms of that time lapse in the camera. What would you actually see? What kind of movement, engagement, involvement? Love that. You've got some really good metaphors. And prior to us uh, actually hitting the record button, I said to Sally, yeah, I've got to tell you, I'm feeling a bit wiped out, but you've brought the strong Wi-Fi to this conversation. And I feel like I've been like over gradually, I'm now on four bars. So that's going to do me really well for the rest of the day and hopefully week. Um, Sally, thank you so much for everything that you've shared on the show. And I can't wait to see you shine on, on TikTok and every other platform. If our listeners would love to get in touch with you, where can they find you? Fantastic. Well, jump on TikTok. I'm at Sally Prosser Voice. I'm also at Sally Prosser Voice on Facebook and Instagram. Connect with me on LinkedIn. Uh, Twitter, I'm Sally underscore Prosser. And then, of course, my website, www.sallyprosser.com.au, because .com's already taken. Thank you so much, Sally. We'll put a link to all of that in the show notes. And yeah, you also went viral on Twitter. So it's been a busy time for you. It certainly has. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening to my conversation with Sally Prosser. I hope you take up the challenge. Get yourself a TikTok account. If you want something fun to do and you don't mind losing a few hours, it is super fun on there. You can follow Sally Prosser at Sally Prosser Voice or myself at Leanne underscore Hughes. I look forward to bringing you some more bonus episodes this week. So hit the subscribe button and stay connected. You can sign up to my newsletter. It's called the three minute flip chart. Just visit leannehughes.com forward slash subscribe. Okay. Chat to you soon. Have a fantastic week.